Welcome everybody to the Crosspoint Sermon Podcast. And I, I think that it's a challenge for us as, as believers sometimes. We, we pray like I'm praying hard, I'm praying really hard, and, and, and I'm reading my Bible more, and, I, and, and nothing is changing. And so what happens is the enemy whispers, well, you're a failure. You don't have what it takes. God doesn't love you. And so these little whispers sneak in. And, and, and I just want to say that we, we bind that in Jesus' name. Yeah. And we partner with one another in community. Uh, we find healing in community. We can't. It's difficult to have intimacy when you want to be isolated. Right? But that's a, a lot of our desires is that we have intimate, we have relationship with one another. In today's podcast, Pastor Jonathan Ellison, Pastor Tim Johnson, and Pastor Chris Legg from South Springs Church in Tyler, Texas, sit down in an interview style uh, format to talk about mental health in the life of the church. I hope this is inspirational for you, and if you're struggling with mental health issues, uh, don't isolate yourself. Reach out to your church leadership reach out if you're part of crosspoint to myself pastor tim this is pastor tim reach out to reach out and get the help that you need we are here for you Uh, you are not alone please please reach out so now we are in our series entitled the call of the church and we have been in this and this whole series is about going back to our four r's Everything that we are about here at Crosspoint falls under the four R's, which are reach and release. That's it. And we've talked about the reach and we've talked about the rescue. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the restore and you're going to get part one of the restore. And next week you'll get part two of the restore. There's just too much to talk about. And in this, God has opened up some new opportunities for us and in partnerships, which we're so excited about. And it's breaking down barriers. And it's important that we do these things because the enemy is after your mind. I mean, the, John 10.10 says the thief comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But then he says this, I have come to give life more abundantly or to the full, right? But there is an enemy that's after you. And there's a reason that Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Because if we have a negative thought process, it's going to affect our heart. And it's going to affect the rest of our actions. So we've got to have a sound mind. We've got to take care of our mind. And that's where the restore comes in because we want you to have a restored mind so that you can have a restored heart, so that you can have a restored spirit, and that you can be positive around other people and encourage other people. Because that's what we're called to do. So with that, we, have, we are building a partnership with Aletheia Counseling, which we have opened up our Freedom Center, Right? God's done amazing things there. And now we're partnering where we will have licensed counselors in there that are believers that are going to guide you and direct you and help you. And it's a good thing. And the founder of it, who is also the lead pastor of South Springs Church right down the road, we paid his mileage to come here. (laughs) 
and help out. And, uh, but he has become a friend, and this is an awesome opportunity for us. And so I'm going to invite Pastor Chris Legg to come up along with Pastor Tim. Awesome. I'm excited. It's going to be good. Doing things a little different. It's okay to do things different, right? That's right. Absolutely. I haven't been been referred to as a first date in a long time. I just got to say, that was a a highlight already. Come on. All things are new. All things are new. It's a new day. (laughs) That's right. Oh, yeah. We we have a lot of fun, and uh, it's okay to have fun. That's right. It's good to have fun. It's good to laugh. It's healthy to laugh. That's right. Absolutely. And not take each other so serious all the time. So um, we don't have a problem with that. So, not at all. (laughs) But, um, uh, as I said, Pastor Chris, he's he. This is a to me a monumental thing in this area, where we truly are breaking down territorial walls. That's right, and denominational walls mm-hmm. to come together and help partner for the advancement of the kingdom of God. Right, and th- to me, this is not a small thing. I know to you, this is not a small thing. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and and we're really excited about what God is going to do. Yeah. And so, Pastor Chris, would you just tell us a little bit about yourself, about Aletheia, yep. and, and what God has done there? I also want to, real quick, Jonathan, um, I, I'm going to assume that, that God laid uh, that Hebrews passage on Pastor Joe's heart that didn't get to be read. So I want to read it real quick. Um, uh, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Um, I just, I just thought that was, I was looking that up real quick. I know the screen yeah. is not cooperating and I thought God had a, God had that for our hearts. And I think so that again describes we have come together in this. So me, um, uh, it was, it was never part of the plan to be a pastor for me. Um, I don't know about you guys. God has not been particularly, um, I don't know what the right word is respectful of my plans I yeah. think in life <laughs> is the word I would use. Like he's not taking them as seriously sometimes. Um, and so I didn't understand why God would have put me in a position why I wanted to, you know, to, to go into the counseling world, the therapy world. Um, uh, so to introduce me again, yeah, I'm Chris Legg, the, um, uh, and I am the owner and operator of, of Aletheia, which I was doing when I left Pine Cove and then started doing that. And then um, God, uh, again, called me over to the church at South Spring. And I've loved being able to, uh, and I will comment as of two weeks ago about, I've been married 30 years I have five kids. Uh, I know um, she's a saint. Um, uh, must be. So this is a th- for and, and I have five kids. Three the old-fashioned way. Two through the foster and adoption world. And um, it's just a great joy. And it's so fun to watch uh, to get the opportunity to risk in ways that only those of us who understand grace can. Um, and so to be here um, to be able to partner with you guys is it's so fun. And and that's one of the things I, I commented in the first service like. One of the things I would never have expected, I didn't know would be part of the consequence of it being in this counseling world and keeping Aletheia open even when I went over to the church was that it has opened a ton of doors for me in the community that 
that I will tell you are honestly, they're open to you in ways that they aren't open to those of us with the word pastor in front yeah. of our uh, in front of our names anymore. It, it is the word pastor pretty much shuts doors for us now. Um, even in Tyler, Texas, it's really strange. Um, I get invited into schools, into businesses, into seminars, all kinds of stuff because of Aletheia, not because of South Spring. And so, um, and this is an example of that. Like yeah. this is, we get to break down some of these walls that might've been more difficult for two pastors to do, but because of this counseling and y'all's dedication and Jonathan's dedication and Tim's dedication to this, um, the, to get, allowing God's word to work, his grace to work in our minds and our hearts with all of who we are, our whole person really opened this door. And, and then getting to know you guys through the pastor connection stuff that we're trying to do more and more of in this generation of pastors and Tyler, it's just, it's miraculous. Yeah. And so I love it. I love getting to be part of it. Yeah. Pastor Tim, would you like to? Well, I'm just, uh, I'm just thrilled and excited that uh, this relationship is, is growing and building. And I just want you to know that, um, so the Freedom Center, uh, fctyler.church, little advertisement because you, you go. know, got my, my spot here. There you go. Um, of course, we're cptyler.church. For, it's a cross point, so FC, Freedom Center. Y'all, y'all pretty smart. <laughs> fctyler.church. So um, be patient. We are growing the opportunity for you to sign up for a couple of things. One would be uh, just coaching, lay coaches. Uh, that's people like you and me who have been through life and uh, want to extend to you the grace and the love of Jesus and just invite into uh, a session of time with you where we say, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you begin to reveal to us what you are working out in in a particular person's life? And uh, and we just are excited to uh, to really allow the power of the Spirit to bring revelation and uh, allow him to work in your life in such a way that you're like, you know what, I, I cannot any longer be isolated. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that it's a challenge for us as, as believers. Sometimes we, we pray like I'm praying hard and praying really hard and, and, and I'm reading my Bible more and, I, and, and nothing is changing. And so what happens is the enemy whispers, well, you're a failure. You don't have what it takes. God doesn't love you. And so these little whispers sneak in. And, and, and I just want to say that we, we bind that in Jesus' name. Yeah. And we partner with one another in community. Uh, we find healing in community. We can't, it's difficult to have intimacy when you want to be isolated. Right. But that's a, a lot of our desires is we have intimate, we have relationship with one another. And in order for that to happen, we've got to come out of some, places of shame and insecurities and, and find a place where we are loved and accepted and listened to. So that is what the Freedom Center is all about. Uh, so we have lay coaches, we call them just coaches. And then now we're going to have the opportunity for professional level therapists and counselors as well. So we'll, we'll, we'll get word out to you uh, about what that looks like as we move forward. But yeah, absolutely. And so I want, I want you to kind of get to know what's going on and why this is important because Growing up in the church, as I did, if you talked about, I've got some issues, or, man, I just don't know if my thoughts are right, instead of the church listening and helping, you kind of got shunned a little bit. And you, you don't talk about that. You just pray and be a good Christian, and you just learn to lie. We're not supposed to learn to lie in church. <laughs> You know? Amen. Yeah. You know, how are you doing? I'm fine. No, you're not fine. And we're seeing a rise in depression. We're seeing a rise in suicide rates. We're seeing a rise. 
And a lot of this has to do because we're not doing the first thing that God told us to do, protect our mind. Not having a sound mind. And once again, it translates from the mind to the heart and to our actions. So would you just kind of discuss a little bit of what has been like the historical look of mental health in the church and all that? Yeah, this is really interesting. Um, so some of you may have seen this over the years if you've been a Christian long enough. What the world loves to do is the world loves to come across to discover, put that in quotes, discover something that the church or that God's people or that God's word has been teaching us to do for 3,000 years. Right. And then the world discovers it and then declares ownership, right? Like, hey, look, we just discovered marriage. That's now ours. We invented that. Yeah. And as the church going, like, no, I, I feel like we've been talking about that before now. <laughs> and so some guy like, you know, Freud or Young or, or one of these guys comes along and they go, you know what we ought to do is we ought to sit and really intensely listen to each other. See that the heart can't always be trusted. We need to sometimes unpack this and really dig in. And, 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 and the world goes like, that's brilliant. No one's ever thought to do that before except it's all through scripture yeah and here's what's weird about the church and i I, when i understand this about the church i'll understand the church is that for some reason the immediate response of the church is to suddenly say oh then that's bad that must be that thing we've been doing for three thousand years that the, the world now is saying oh no we just discovered it our reaction is not to go well right I mean, yeah, right. Duh. We go, uh, no, no, okay, we got to rebel against it. We got to fight back against that instead of going, I'm glad you guys have just finally caught on. Welcome to the party, pal. Yeah. Like, we can we can now enjoy this together and discuss it. Now, of course, what happens is the world then perverts it, that twists it, and makes it about us and not about what God is doing in us. But that stuff we can then walk away from or avoid or ignore while engaging with still the truth of Scripture, what it teaches us. And we are... We're frail creatures. This is a fundamental teaching of Christianity is we need someone to, from the outside to save us. And and when I didn't mention this first verse, but when God saw that it wasn't good that man was alone, it's fascinating to me that God didn't say, so we need to start walking in the morning in the evening, both, right. Adam. Instead, when God saw that it wasn't good that man was alone, God created another person for him. We are God's provision for each other as well as him. That's not a competition. Right. And for some reason in the evangelical world, we like to make those compete with each other. And I don't, I don't, I don't think that's right. So, uh, so those, are, those are, I think, all part of why. That knee-jerk reaction to fight back against anything the world says, uh, a misunderstanding maybe of what Scripture actually teaches, I think those yeah. are a combination of how we got there. And I think the enemy's come in and he's, and th- even through the church, he's brought us to this place of, well, if I have problems, that's embarrassing right. or shame comes on or you know there's uh judgment from others you go to a counselor yeah i yeah i (laughs) i need help man (laughs) absolutely yeah and and i think that's a big thing is people we the word help for christians we 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 get to a place where we're not wanting to say i need help okay i i I wanted to do this and i did we ran out of time i'm going to challenge you guys with something i've done this a few times at south spring so i'm going to ask a question and I don't want you to raise your hands until I say, how many of you have been to see a counselor or a pastor or someone like that? Don't raise your hands yet for relational issues, challenges, things you just felt like you couldn't get past on your own. How many take medication for anxiety, depression, attention deficit disorder, or sleep? How many people would fall like those? Type, how many people would fall into that category? Are we willing to raise? Okay, 
this is, it's 96% of us. The freaks are the ones who aren't getting it. Like that's the, that's what's wild to me is what's wrong with the other 4% of you? Apparently you're getting to get on board. Like it is a, and if I started throwing in like how many of us depend on sugar, caffeine, nicotine oh, or yeah, whatever yeah. to get, like, okay, that's the rest. There's the last 4%, right? right. And so we, this is not, should be no surprise. Jesus came to save the sick and the lost. And that's, I'm, I'm, not, I'm yeah. one of those. And so I, I want him to be saved so I can confess that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, and uh, there's a misconception. Well, just pray your way through it. Right. But I'm pretty sure that God was all about community. Mm-hmm. And that's why we stress our community groups. That's why we stress going and hanging out with people, loving on each other. But something inside just tells us I don't need to do that right and that's a lie we have to have each other we have to do that or else our issues just build up yeah so can you talk a little bit about how do we dig into those issues and things like that oh great thanks for that question no problem yeah this is going to be easy here no um you have 30 seconds perfect (laughs) um I think as, you know, as believers, we know that, that we go to God and God forgives us through the blood of Jesus. We sang about that. Amen. But a lot of times we are forgiven, but we're not free. And let me explain that. In other words, we are forgiven, but we still got baggage. We still got stuff we hold on to because we have this thing called a brain and we remember things that have happened to us and traumas that have happened to us. And, uh, and, and there's a huge challenge where I think, um, we, we are a little bit, shameful of the things that have happened. And I I just want to communicate to you, you are part of a church that loves you and wants to walk with you. And I know for me, when I told my story, the ugly, horrible, just my story, and and I wasn't rejected because that was my biggest fear. Like, hey, if I'm vulnerable, I don't want to be rejected. So guess what? I'd rather not be vulnerable. I'd rather hide it. I'd rather tighten the screws down and control my problems. But the reality is our problems tend to control us more than we would admit. And so just for for you to understand that, I think the heart of your pastor and your staff and my heart is it doesn't matter what you've gone through. Jesus has been there and we want to be there with you. So let's have a conversation in in safety and confidentiality and say, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you do the work of healing, the power of healing? Um, again, when when you isolate yourself, you, you, healing is nearly impossible by yourself. Um, James 5, 16 says, confess your sins to one another and you will be what? You'll be healed. There, there's power in community of confession. And that's that's a discipline that the church has lost, the, the idea of confession to one another. So, but when you when you are able to confess and say, look, I, I man, I've just been depressed. I've just been angry. I, I Whatever the challenge is, and you talk with somebody, it gets it out of hiding and it gets you into a space where God can begin to work. So uh, that is what this is all about. So I'm gonna encourage you in that. Absolutely. Yeah. We don't, we don't believe and don't need to believe that these things are in competition with each other. Right. Praying is not somehow in competition 
with counseling. Counseling is not somehow in competition with discipleship. Discipleship is not somehow in competition with pastoring. That's just ridiculous. Right. I mean, it's that's so confusing to me that we want to treat those as though, well, if I pray, somehow I'm limiting my faith of my prayer by talking to somebody else, as if those are ever put in competition with each other in Scripture. They are not. I, I need my 12-step program, and I need my therapist, and I need my mentors, and I need my spouse and my friends, and I need... Those, those aren't suddenly like one of those doesn't cancel the other out. I've, I just, right. but it, I've seen, heard it in churches taught that way yeah. and seminars taught that way as though to do one thing is somehow claiming the other one is, is not is not right or not valid or something. And I don't, I don't see that in the yeah. Bible at all. In fact, I see the opposite all through the pages of Scripture. Yeah, and, and prayer is the key to a sound mind. Of course it is, right. Because you're connecting with the Heavenly Father. But sometimes the Heavenly Father says, I've put somebody in your place and, and in your path right. to help you on your journey. Yes. And, but a lot of times we think, well, man, I trusted one person and they, they stabbed me in the back and I can't trust anybody else. <laughs> well, that's Welcome a lie. Yeah. Go to somebody who's trusted, mm-hmm. to somebody who is going to, well, even if you have to, I'm going to pay for some trust for a little while. That's exactly right. You know? It's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. No. There's nothing wrong with that. The goal is to get you completely free. And I know our, our philosophy is not, hey, we want you in counseling the rest of your life for this one issue that we're never going to get. We're just going to keep rehashing it over and over. Right. No, our goal is to say, here's the root. Here's the problem. Let's dig down. Let's, let's take care of it. Absolutely. Just like what the Bible does. Right. And the, so many events that took place. And can you, so can you give us some biblical history of yeah. counseling and, and. It's, it is all through. In fact, the word, so psychology is a Greek word, right. psyche and logos. And psyche meaning the mind or the soul is how it's translated in your New Testament. And logos, for example, the word, that's actually one of Jesus's names in John 1, Logos, uh, the logic of, the reason of, the word of. And and so when we're talking psychology, originally it was thought of as the speaking into the soul or engaging a soul care was the idea. There was no competition with that idea. And so for us to be comfortable with the fact that that's part of it, so all through scripture, the Proverbs regularly, if you, if you know anything about, regularly references the need for counsel, the need for advisors. Um, in fact, my my favorite one, so our favorite couple of them, the purpose, Proverbs 25, the purpose of a man's heart is like a deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Yeah. That's all, all the counselors are is just trained in the process, the ways that it helps human beings draw out the deep things. Again, Freud did not invent that. It's in Proverbs, right? That's right there. So this is a, if, if one of you, Galatians 6 if one is caught in transgression, spiritual the ones who are more spiritual should restore him. Bear one another's burdens, keeping watch over yourself that you don't fall. Again, that's that's part of that. Um, uh, I, I think I think we see that. I love um, again if you look up some more uh, Proverbs twelve seventeen through twenty talks about it. Um, Proverbs fifteen twenty one through twenty four. Um, for the sake of time, I'll move on. But I think. I'm one of my favorite examples in the Bible, and I know you've got one you want to comment on that I think is great as well. It's one of the ones I listed is, is when Nathan confronts David. Yeah, it is that is a great therapeutic moment um, where the prophet comes before him and puts in, in place the right conversation to help David see the truth. 
that he comes in. We often at Adelaide will talk about um, that, that helping someone see the truth. Sometimes we can spot the truth very quickly, but just handing it to them doesn't help them. They need to find it. The spirit needs to guide them to find it. And sometimes it's like a big pink Easter egg in the front yard. And you know, they're the three-year-old who can't find it. And you're like, have you, have you tried by the tree? Have you looked in the over in the, and they're like, I just can't find it. And you're going, it's, I mean, it's huge and it's pink. That's like, you should be able to. And so what we have to do is we help draw that out. Well, Nathan does that with David. He tells him this little story and David's like, yeah, that's just bad. And then Nathan's able to say, okay, your heart's ready to hear this. That's you. Yeah. And David's response is it all comes together for him in that moment. And he realizes the truth of this and he's able to repent and respond. Yeah. So you had another example I thought was another good one too. Well, yeah, I just, I love you. You know, the story of Naomi and Ruth in the old Testament and, um, Naomi, uh, loses her husband and loses her sons. And it's, uh, it, you can imagine if you've, in fact, if you've been in that position, it's incredibly devastating. It's traumatic and she's kind of spirals into, I would suggest, a depressive state, oh, yeah. a discouragement, and to the point where she's like, you know me as Naomi, but I, would you call me Mara? And that word means bitter. Like, like my, she's like, my identity is bitterness. That's literally what mm-hmm. she's saying. Like, this is my, I'm discouraged. Life's never going to change. Uh, everything's been taken from me. And she falls into this place. And, and what does Ruth do? She comes alongside of her mm-hmm. and begins to minister to her and love on her. And her life is completely changed because someone came alongside. And, and that's what a counselor does. You mm-hmm. comes alongside. In fact, the Holy Spirit is our counselor, right. the paraclete, the one that comes alongside of. And so uh, what a powerful thought it is to say, you know what? And maybe you're sitting here and you've been alone and you, you've been walking this journey alone. And there's some incredibly traumatic things that have happened in your life and you've never shared, you've never told your story and you feel alone. I want to I want to say this morning, you're not alone, Yeah, but pastoral nudge you need to talk to somebody and reach out yeah that's what the freedom center is for that's what a licensed therapist and counselor is for and they're bible believing christians who invite the holy spirit and the wisdom of the word of god into conversations which i think is we would all agree is is pretty important so um it's you know it is throughout scripture because scripture is about people it's about people who have failed people who trip and fall i mean david was messed up Elijah, you know, he was like hiding and I like, he's like, I just want to give up my life. God, take my life. I, I want to just die and be over with it. And right. And then he goes on a 40 mile track and then he ends up in a cave somewhere and he's still having problems. Like I'm the only one left, right. you know, I mean, right. So I love the Bible that says, look, every one of us are real. All of these examples of transformation can happen in scripture. They can happen in your life. Um, so yeah. what's wild is even again, well, part of why I am a Christian is because of the real people in the Bible. I, I open up the Bible and I see real people. Like yeah. they do the same dumb stuff I do. They say the same dumb things I say. They have the same questions. And it just there's multiple suicides in the Bible. There is severe depression and other issues people deal with. And when we consider the difference between a story of someone like Saul, who ends his own life embittered and broken in a predator-prey world because he has cut off all other people in his life, and versus David, who faces many of the same sins and the same problems and the same issues, but he always seems to have some people around him who he can hear from, even if he doesn't want to. You end up with the 42nd Psalm, where he probably coined the term depression, by the way, in my, my opinion, but um, uh, and it, to be pressed in like, a, yeah. like something pushed in like a button. It's like shoved in. And that, that language is so 
beautiful for us. And Moses and Jethro is another example that I love that when Moses' step uh, father-in-law tells him, hey, bud, the way you're doing this is going to burn you out. You need to change the way you're doing things. You need to invite others in. I'm telling you the concepts of good counseling, as I went through seminary and learned these concepts, I'm thinking they're just taking biblical concepts and so often and giving it a new name. And yes, sometimes twisting it, but but it was it was just shocking that this was there's not much new it turns out under the sun huh yeah and you know i don't know if you can get, share a little bit about the mental health issues that you have seen especially since covid the rise in the church yep. and i think honestly some people think it's a curse but i actually think it's a blessing that that god is saying hey look stop hiding right right here's your opportunity to let me work Right. And let's step up to the plate so that we can be the people that I'm calling you to be. Yes. And so I I think as the world becomes, as our culture becomes more and more delusional and they keep saying, shut out the lights too bright in here. I don't want so much truth. Turn out the lights. Eventually those churches that keep the lights of the truth on, there will come a day when our culture is going to people in our culture are going to realize it's dark and scary out here. Is there any light left? And we'll be the only ones with yeah. lights on. And they'll be drawn to us. I, I have said, uh, and so the answer is I see all of them. All the mental health issues that exist, I see them in the church. In fact, my expectation, my prediction would be that it's actually more common because we're a place where difficult people to love can still be loved. And those of us who deal with mental issues and addictions and stuff like that, we're a little more difficult to love, And which bothers probably everybody, but we're the ones willing to admit it. And so we come together and say, we're going to learn to love each other through this as well. I see all of them um, uh, that happened, whether, it, again, we talked about all the stuff. I mean, you saw all the hands raised with all that. I, I will tell you one of the main ones I would love to see, and this is part of that. I love the idea of this being an opportunity. Um, as scary and hard as it is being an opportunity, what, where could I go and find truth and love where I can yeah. be vulnerable without being shamed for it. And the truth is going to, the truth is the church is the only place that even has the hope of that. The world will say that they do that, but they're just lying. That's just, that's just tolerance. That's not love. And the best they could do is tolerate, which is the cheap, pathetic version of love. It's yep. the lowest common denominator. And so we truly love each other through these things. And one of the pla- main places I'm seeing it is in marriages in the church. And so I'm going to, I'm going to plug uh, in a, in a February 16th, um, Alethea hosts a date night called realign and dine. You can look it up on social media and, uh, and it's, it's all about my goal for that is that, is that Tyler, the, the marriages in Tyler, especially the Christian ones become a light, uh, and a bright light in a dark world that we become like a city on a hill. And I'm telling you, I think the reason we lose so many kids from the church when they go off to college is not because of liberal professors, not because of sex, drugs, rock and roll. It's because their parents' marriage stinks. And they're so uninspired by their parents' marriage that the first time they see anything that inspires them, which shouldn't be a surprise, Paul taught us that our marriages were a parable of God's love for his people and so when our marriages aren't any good, the parable we're teaching our children through our marriages, this whole church Jesus thing is kind of a joke. Yeah. And then they hear that loud and clear, and then they go off and they see someone give them something else inspirational, and they follow it like lemmings. And what I believe that if our marriages would become more powerful and more potent in the church, 
I really believe we couldn't build church buildings fast enough. Yeah. Uh, I think the world is desperate for insight. They know their lives are destroyed by this. They know their lives, their marriages are terrible. They're desperate for answers. And that most of them, the last generation, they looked at the church and did not see it. Yeah. Because our marriages weren't inspirational enough. That needs to be part of the future of the church is that we take Jesus' teaching about loving each other well, heck, loving our enemies, loving our lo- loving uh, uh, just random people well. If we could just love our spouses as well as Jesus wants us to love everybody, we would revolutionize um, so much of this. So I see all of them. Again, I think that's theologically sound. We're still humans. We still have the flesh. Yeah. Still broken. Yeah, and, you know, the, the Bible, it talks about, blessings and curses going from generation to generation to generation well if we have a healthy marriage that generation is going to carry a healthy marriage right right then the next generation is going to carry a healthy marriage but when it becomes unhealthy is when we decide i'm going to adopt the mental lie that i'm better off without that person or i'm better off without this or I'm a, you know, and it just translates and then it just brings separation between you and God. Right. Of course. And, and that's the whole goal of the enemy right. is to bring separation. Our goal through what we're doing here is to make you mentally strong enough, emotionally strong enough so that you can stand before the enemy and go, stop lying. And I'm not accepting the lie anymore. That is, wow, that's so aletheia means truth, as you know. Yeah. That's the name of the counseling center means is the Greek word for truth. And I think people come to counseling for freedom, which is why I loved the Freedom Center name when I saw it out there. I was like, that's that's awesome. And I think Jesus taught us clearly that truth is the path to freedom. Um, it isn't it isn't just tolerance, but we see it all are these oaths that people make before God in pride, the unforgiveness, the giving up. Um, just deciding, I guess, God isn't powerful enough to redeem certain things. Like those type of things, those are the actual, those, those are exactly what we see in our churches and in the world. We just have a source, a, a dynamic source that we would say our, our marriages, our relationships, our friendships, being single, the different things that God calls us to could be potent. Um, and so often, I mean, we, we know we've messed something up when uh, you know, God created, for example, sex to be this bonding agent in marriage, and yet it's the number one source of conflict and, right. and, and instability in most of our marriages. Well, apparently we missed something along the way. What is it, and what does God's Word teach us about that? These are the kind of things that we can openly discuss in the church that the world doesn't. They'll talk about this stuff, but they can't talk about truth. And so we have, we have the best of both worlds, so to speak. Yeah, and, and anybody that says that the Bible is archaic... Oh yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It, it just it, it talks about everything that we are going through right now, and it is just as relevant today as it was two thousand years ago. Yep. It just it it's so strong in all these areas. And one of the things that I know is I've watched people that have pulled back, or I'm depressed, or I'm this. It brings you to a place of isolation. And if you're not part of the pack, you're going to get picked off pretty easily. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that right? Yes. Yeah, there are no successful lone wolf Christians. That's just not how that works. It doesn't work. Jesus sent the disciples out without money, without food, without extra clothes, without extra shoes. They needed two things, the Holy Spirit 
and each other. Yeah. And you can't live the disciples' life. So you send them out in twos. And that's that's not a that's not a subtle parable on Jesus' part, I don't think. Yeah. You have anything to add to that? Well, no, I just I, I'm sitting here and there's something welling up within me that's like I, I just want people to get it and to understand <laughs> that the power of the Holy Spirit is transformative and it's transformative when we walk with one another. And, uh, you know, something that I talk about in freedom classes is that the deepest pain that is redeemed shines the brightest light. Like when you go through what you go through and God transforms you and God changes you, like that's what the church should be all about. And so when that happens, you begin to shine that and say, God, this is what God did. And all of a sudden, as you're saying, marriages are looking better. Christianity is attractive. Jesus is beautiful. And the world who's messed up and confused and lost gets to look at us. And instead of going, well, you look about as messed up as I am. So why would I even go there? Instead, they see, they see people transformed. They see people changed and they see a light and they're like, I need that. And I want that. And that's what this is all about. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I grew up in the generation of, you don't talk about this stuff. You don't talk about it in the church. You pray through it. And if you don't pray through it, then you're probably not a strong enough Christian. And accusations would come instead of encouragement. And I'm here to tell you that's all a lie. And if you grew up in that, and if that's in a, a root that's inside, and it's stopping you from asking for help, tell that lie to, to be quiet. <laughs> tell it to shut up. Get rid of it. Because that lie, will it, it's there to still kill and destroy. 100%. And, and freedom, first thing freedom is, freedom's a choice. Am I going to live in freedom or am I going to let fear control me? Am I going to choose freedom or I'm going to let my past discern my future? And you want to. It's it's isn't it amazing that? that like Paul says in Romans six and seven that we we have been set free now live as free people like Peter says that too live as free people yeah because you're you you have been set free yeah. now get out of the cage stop putting the manacles back on and going back to the old masters like that's not that's not the case it is a I want to really encourage us too with this understanding that. The church is bigger than a building. Yeah. It's bigger than a campus. It's bigger than, I mean, it's it's someday this building and the buildings at South Spring across the street, they're going to get wiped away. That They are not eternal. The church is us. That is the church. And so when you're visiting your Christian mechanic, you're experiencing the church. When you go to a Christian, your Christian surgeon and doctor, that is the church. Your Christian therapist, that is the church. Those aren't. The church is never should never be in competition with the church. That's, That's not right. how that works, not how God has it. So I really want to encourage us as we're looking at this to remember to look to God's church for the kingdom, to find his kingdom here on earth. That was the purpose of uh, what, what we're here for, right? The exact, those R's that you guys listed, those are the expression. And so I, I really, I love the fact that we get to do this. It is, a, it is such an honor and a joy. Um, I love, I get to feel a little bit rebellious when we get to break down walls like this. You yeah. know, I like, I, I don't get to do the feel that as often, you know, because I'm a Baptist. So you, you don't get to feel that very often. So that that feeling of like, yeah, we're, we're taking it to the man. I, I just, I really appreciate We even that. let you sit in the front, not I know, the back. exactly. Awesome. I, I, was, I was uncomfortable. No, that's right. <laughs> Um, uh, so I, I am super proud of this partnership and of 
knowing Tim and Jonathan, like it's just so fun to find the kindred spirits in the church. Um, even if it's 200 yards away, you know, <laughs> it's not that far. Right. <laughs> I mean, so we I'm still, we, we sit here and watch your fireworks show all the <laughs> exactly, time. It's awesome. Exactly right. <laughs> we don't pay a dime. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Perfect. But you yeah. know, it, it really is. This is a picture of kingdom work. That's right. This is what kingdom work is supposed to look like. And that we've allowed a separation of churches. Well, I don't believe this. I don't believe that. If we can come together and say, did Jesus die on the cross? Was he, did he rise in three days? Was he born of a virgin? Okay. Is he still the miracle maker? All right. Let's, let's let, let's work on those things instead of just eyeing the things that we disagree on or don't see eye to eye on. And I think that's a lot of what counseling will help do. It helps us focus on the things that God has for you instead of you focusing on the negative things that have, that the enemy has put in your life. Let's focus on the good that God's done. Let's focus on the fact that we are, that he loves us so much that he sent his son for us and how good he is. Do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, I just want to just extend a gracious heart of invitation because if you're sitting here, um, understand that your pastor said, I want to take a Sunday. You know, I want to take a Sunday of, of time and talk about the struggle, talk about the reality of mental health and those issues. And because our heart is that when people come to this church, they don't just punch a membership card they come to be transformed. They come to have a, a, a personal experience with Jesus Christ through worship, through the word, and through community. So if you're sitting here and you feel alone, and you maybe feel isolated, and look, we're sitting in a, a room of, you know, however many people are in here, you know, 350 people, 400 people, but you feel alone. You might be sitting next to your spouse and you feel alone. Um, we love you. Don't be alone. Reach out. Take that risk. Freedom yeah. is a choice. Yeah. And uh, Jesus came that we might be free and live in freedom. So you have opportunity, church, friends, to, to realize and recognize there, there, there's, there's a chance for you to talk with somebody. Uh, Freedom Center, uh, just with pastors on staff and, and therapists that are going to be helping us out as well. So um, don't yeah. feel like you have to do it on your own. And, and I want to end with this thought or this statement. We're not here to highlight your pain. We're here to expose it to the light. Because so many people live their life by their pain. They highlight their pain. Everything they do is through their pain. No, no, no. We have a Jesus who took our pain on and put it on the cross. We're here to highlight and expose that pain to the King, to the Holy Spirit so that we can be set free and healed and restored the way we're supposed to be. Amen. Pastor Chris. That I would say is that I think the opposite of shame is actually invitational. Yeah. Being, being inviting is the opposite of being shame, of shaming. 
I could explain that, but we don't have time. But I, I really believe that. And I love how inviting you are as a church. We always be not only inviting in the world, but inviting one another into each other's lives. We've lost that skill in the church. Um, is that, I don't know if COVID stole it or what, but we don't invite each other like we should. We're realizing that at South Spring as well. And I think that's because shame is such a powerful shame is meant to divide and drive people apart versus let's come together and speak into one another's lives with the, the words of healing and love that, and, and truth that Christ has given us. So I, I've appreciated being invited across the street over here and into what we're doing over um, at the Freedom Center. And uh, and I appreciate how inviting a church this has been. This, is, this has just been great. Thanks for the encouragement today, guys. Yeah. Well, can we give a big hand to Pastor Chris and Pastor Tim? Thank you, guys. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. And you can remain standing. Um, I do want to end with this, though. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind mind so that you can you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect we're not going to get there until we allow our mind to be transformed through the power of the Holy Spirit so let's let's move past the pain. Let's expose it to the light. And if you're struggling with self-defeating thoughts this morning, don't think you have to overcome it by yourself. You're not alone. You're we are here for you. We love you. We want to see you overcome. You are created to be an overcomer. I love what Dr. Henry Cloud says. I'm a huge fan of Dr. Henry Cloud. And he says, you can't control the outcome, but you can address the issues that shape the outcome. Let's address that. Let's address the lies. And let's be what, let's live our lives the way Jesus wanted us to live. As he said in John 8, 36. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. That's a promise. You will be. That's a promise from Jesus. So we're going to go back into worship. And I'm just going to encourage you, if you need prayer, our ministry team is going to be up front. If you need prayer, we would love to pray with you. If you just need to come down, get on your knees, and just start admitting some stuff, laying it start the process today start it today don't wait till don't go home and go well i'm gonna think about that no no no. if it's on your mind if it's on your heart god's probably telling you right now the holy spirit's probably saying i put it on your mind for a reason drop it today get the process started get the process started let's let's start the freedom process now freedom is a choice let's choose to lay things down let's choose to expose the lie 
worth is freedom. He died for you. He loves you. And more importantly, He rose for you. I think, I think, that gives us the strength to lay some things down. Thanks for joining us today. We are Crosspoint Church, and we are in Tyler, Texas. We'd love for you to find out more about who we are, and uh, we put that in the show notes. Have an amazing day. 